You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country. Good morning, Annie here for Showreel. Like most areas of activity in this world, COVID-19 has made inroads into the film, television and other parts of the moving image areas that we like to cover on Showreel, on 3CR, your community radio station. The internet is showing its true worth with Zoom meetings for film professionals and lots of people entertaining themselves downloading series and films, games and other types of visual and audio productions. It really proves Marshall McClure's theories about the medium is the message with changes in the transmitter melding the experience and the vocabulary. Film festivals are a vital part of the business of film and they are the meeting places of makers, the business behind the uh, making of films and the audience. We have already had a chat over the last few episodes of Showreel with people showcasing films online. Today we go to the Melbourne International Film Festival and later a word about what's happening in Sydney. El Kazar is the artistic director at MIF, the Melbourne International Film Festival. And when COVID-19 hit, the festival scheduled each year for August the 6th to the 23rd was hit too. They decided to launch a ticketed event for the same dates online called 68 and a Half. This is what Elle had to say. So uh, the Melbourne uh, International Film Festival has been uh, dealing with some new situations with COVID. Can you tell us about uh, what's going on at MIF? Yes, well, in April we had the heartbreaking uh, but very necessary decision to to cancel the festival. Um, And, you know, that was a decision that was... Um, taken in, you know, in all seriousness in terms of consideration of public health, um, also in terms of, uh, I guess, August and the uncertainty uh, among our delivery dates, but also in terms of the massive amount of impact that COVID had already had um, on our festival ecosystem um, at that point and kind of looking through as to whether there may be a regular path to the festival in August and it was, it was deemed, unfortunately, there was not. Um, however, what we are doing is we are coming back with... Uh, a, new, a new initiative. It's called Myth 68 and a Half. So it's not quite our 69th edition of the Melbourne International Film Festival. And that will be presented as an online film showcase during our intended dates of August 6th to 23rd this year. So it's a way for us to really um, keep finding and fostering and, and connecting to audiences um, and trying to kind of build that community, regardless of the fact that it's a, a bit more distant and a bit more disconnected world at the moment. Yeah, so, but it's going to be a full program, isn't it, really? 
Well, it's going to be scaled down a bit. So we are talking around a program of 40 features and documentaries, uh, feature-length animations and experimental works, and then we're talking 30 to 40 short films. So uh, Miss Shorts Awards will continue in the virtual format, and as well as that, um, we also run Critics Campus, which is a talent developmental setting for emerging film critics. So that's also something that will move to a virtual uh, delivery this year. Um, but the, the festival itself um, will essentially be a whole mix of contemporary, um, really exciting world cinema um, from, from all over the place. Does it reflect uh, what you were hoping to be able to show uh, if it was in the uh, original format? Um, yes, look, there's, there's definitely a lot of films that um, will be screening as part of this that were intended as part of the regular edition of Myth. Um, but it's also considered, I guess, not a direct substitute for the festival. Um, we've built this from the ground up to be something that's um, suitable for the context itself. Uh, and in terms of the films, we've reimagined what this setting looks like, I guess, for those films um, and, and what will work for, for viewers at home as well. Um, so we're building the program at the moment. We program right through until the end of June, and then we announce the full program lineup on Tuesday, July the 14th, through a virtual program launch. So, you know, I, I can't talk specific titles at the moment, but we already have um, a number of films that, are, you know, have screened in places like Toronto or Sundance or Berlin um, from, uh, I guess, the, the cycle leading up to our point of cancellation. So there's a lot there that was intended, and there's a lot there that we're really excited to be presenting to audiences already. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the kind of skills a base that you've had to develop in order to be able to do an online festival? Yeah, definitely. Well, it, look, it's a very kind of hard pivot in a very short space of time, um, and it's one that, I guess, ourselves, but also a number of festivals overseas are, are facing simultaneously. Um, and we have um, worked, or we're working with, sorry, a technical provider um, who will be developing and delivering the platform called Shift72, and um, they're New Zealand-based. Um, they've quickly become, I guess, a, a market leader in this sort of emerging um, format, but they've been around for a number of years. And so they've worked already with um, a number of international festivals such as CPH Docs in Denmark, such as um, South by Southwest, such as um, AFM, the American Film Market, and, and they're working on the, the Marche de Film, which is the market element of um, Cannes in terms of a, a virtual delivery as well. They already have a high degree of expertise in terms of being able to really jump into the situation and, and produce something collaboratively with us, which will be, be um, tailored to our audiences. Um, and we're very fortunate for, for that as well. Um, you know, it's a space that filmmakers, festivals, audiences, everyone is sort of, uh, I guess, reimagining the space and meeting together in the space. And it's quite complicated and it's quite fast moving in terms of. I guess, festivals pivoting and really thinking how they can continue to connect with audiences. So speed is, is definitely one consideration. Um, and there's a lot of complicated conversations going on simultaneously. Um, you know, as I say, this is part of an ecosystem. So there's a massive amount of sensitivities on a, a film-to-film basis, um, uh, you know, in, in terms of what film strategies might be rolling out worldwide or through festivals that actually no longer exist for this year. There's a number of titles that have been in you know, varying states of limbo, depending on what their kind of release and distribution strategies were globally. There's things like, well, the Academy Awards, um, how do they respond to it in terms of eligibility? How do you keep your film eligible for Oscar consideration? 
Um, and there's also the classification board. So usually we'd have a, a festival exemption where we can screen films that don't have classification within Australia um, a, particular nine, a particular number of times um, within cinemas um, as part of our festival presentation. And so, you know, talking to them about how we actually move that legal process into an online space. So that's just a few examples of the, the kind of cogs that are turning at the moment um, simultaneously in terms of programming, in terms of operations. Um, as I say, it's a hard pivot. It's um, a big shift in a short amount of time, and it's, it's new territory for us and, and others as well. Um, but we're really excited to present, you know, uh, what we do best as Myth, which is to present new, amazing, incredible films to audiences, to connect artists to audiences, um, and to think about this space as well in terms of the best way to foster community. So we're considering a number of virtual events, virtual filmmaker attendances, or, or perhaps um, elements of of performance or, or, you know, a virtual after party with a band, those kinds of things in terms of how can we create a bit of um, interest and creative spark about um, activating these films and presenting them in unexpected and interesting ways um, that I guess is the positive opportunity this year. We can do things um, a little bit, well, it has to be a lot differently, but there are particular things that we might only be able to do in this space. So it's looking towards those. Well, that's interesting. So when you say classifications issues, what you're saying is that generally speaking, you'd be in a theatre, which was a, which is a contained space, and it's a ticketed event, uh, so there's certain controls. Uh, but actually, this is a ticketed event, isn't it? Um, it is, but when films don't have a classification in Australia, um, it means that we can put in, uh, an exemption application as a festival so that we can still present them despite the fact they don't have that classification. And so the regular way for that to work is, well, they're tethered to a particular number of screenings. They happen on site, you know, in a, in a physical space, in a cinema. And so this is something that almost kind of breaks the curve um, in terms of that before, where the first festival would actually go to the classification board and, and ask how we would kind of collaboratively navigate this space together and, and what it would take. Um, so there are those kind of elements of groundbreaking along the way that you have to kind of um, set up to be able to actually present films in this way too. Oh, that's interesting. So it's there's uh, a whole lot of opportunities as well as... Um uh, unforeseen things that are coming out of, of an online sort of experience. Definitely. And, you know, MIFT is, is, you know, at its core, we're always going to be an organisation that brings people together in cinemas and that shows films in cinemas and that element of um, physically coming together is, is really important for us in, in terms of how we do build community. Um, but given, you know, I guess the, the unparalleled nature of this situation and um, you know, just, there's so much that is terrible about it. It's trying to find what is the positive opportunity here in terms of how do we keep connecting to audiences. And to that extent, we do look at the development of building a platform like this. You know, we will do MIF 68 and a half, um, which I think will be a fantastic opportunity for audiences. But then we say, well, can we use this maybe for our, our schools program or our monthly member program? There's a lot of ways that we can think about this in terms of retaining that connection to audience and having it work, I guess, parallel in what we might do in the future. It's very early days, and we have to see how everything goes. But, you know, it definitely, uh, you know, broadens our capacity to, to, to keep pivoting and to keep presenting films, um, you know, regardless of how the situation itself develops as well. Mm, that's really interesting. Uh, it, now, it is a ticketed event, and it, and it occurs to me, like I've been to a Zoom event where there were 2,000 people um, quite clearly... Mm -hmm you probably will have more than that. 
So I guess that's where Shift72's expertise comes in? Well, there's a number of different ways you can really present um, films. And what we're intending to do, again, pending sign-off from the classification board, is have about 90% of the available program um, you know, with, uh, available within our festival date. So it's a, a pay-per-play sort of model. Um, and there may be capacity limits on some of those films, so some of them may sell out. Um, you know, similar to how a, a cinema-based presentation may sell out. And then we're looking to do a range of program spotlights. And essentially, these are almost sort of gala substitutes. There's about half a dozen uh, big films that are foregrounded in the program, and they happen at particular session dates and times. So the idea is that, you know, on, in terms of those films, the audience is watching together as something social, and there's some kind of virtual activation that will wrap around those presentations, whether it be, you know, a filmmaker presentation or some kind of performance afterwards. There's some way to to still engage in those things together. So that's that's a little bit a little bit about how we intend to present films, and also how we intend to, I guess, socialize the experience of, of viewing cinema as well. You could you could almost have a. Uh... To socialise it, you could almost have a breakaway afterwards into a Zoom conversation, like a book club except a film club. Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as I say, you kind of look at what the opportunity in, is in the space. I mean, you know, we're, pro- we're programming through until the end of June, so we have a number of things confirmed and we're working and developing on a number of other things. But, you know, as, as you say, you very much could do a Zoom breakaway, um, and there may be the opportunity to bring filmmakers into that space to connect with audiences who, you know, never would have the capacity to travel the distance of Australia or to, to, to come and actually be physically present with us. So oh, that's a really good idea. interesting things that might be quite unique to this year. Yeah, you'd be able to actually meet the filmmaker quite uh, um, up close in a really distant way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, um, my name's Maya Newell and I made a film called Gaby Baby and recently a film called In My Blood It Runs. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. You're listening to the showreel on 3CR, your community radio station. You're with Annie. Before we listen to the last part of the conversation I had with El Kazar from MIF, just a quick reminder that 3CR will be running a Donate to Stay Alive campaign on air and online this year during June, because all the usual events and benefits for Radiothon will have to be delayed because of COVID-19. The station is your lifeline and you are ours. Dig deep and the sound waves will continue to support the staff and infrastructure of this fantastic station of diverse ideas in a desert of sameness. Back we go to Alcazar and MIF's online festival. Um, the other thing is that uh, you quite clearly have got uh, a lot of people who uh, um, care about MIF and uh, they've uh, not just uh, put in time, but they've also put in money. Um, that's right as well. I mean, this is a, a big undertaking um, and we've been really fortunate um, to have a, a major philanthropic gift from uh, Susie Montague. Um, who has been, you know, incredibly supportive of the festival, and, and that's been so positive in terms of helping to enable our plans in this space as well. Um, you know, we've also announced our first MIF 68 and a half, or 2020 ambassador, um, of which there'll be an, a, a number more to be announced, um, and that is Rachel Griffiths. So it's, uh, you know, extraordinary to, to have her support in this space as well. Um, you know, we, when we announced the cancellation of the festival, you know, obviously there's disappointment, but there's there was also that sense of 
uh, I guess, understanding and also that sense of almost appreciation for going and, and, you know, being proactive and being responsible and sort of doing that step. And, you know, since then, we've had so many people who have been requesting this and asking for this and saying, what else can you do? What else is there? How else can we see these films? And, you know, this is our response to that. It's a time to be creative and experiment and, and collaborative. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're very excited about this. We're very um, fortunate to have the support of those um, around us. And, you know, uh, hopefully that will in- encourage further support as well. But, um, yeah, this is something that we do to foster community. We're also enabled by the community of people around us. So you've got major sponsors, uh, personal sponsors, philanthropy uh, is showing its, uh, its strength. Uh, but you are co- campaigning for more financial support, aren't you? Um, that's right. We're, there is a giving campaign at the moment, and, and you can find out more via miss.com.au or by getting in touch with the festival team directly as well. Um, yeah, it's been amazing to see some of the support and positivity um, come through right away after, after we've announced this. Um, in, in the last few days. Now, the other thing is that uh, at core, MIF, like all festivals, but MIF in particular, because I understand its beginnings and all the rest of it, it's about being new release films, and that is the core, isn't it? Um, usually, so usually in a you know regular festival would have you know last year three hundred eighty six films. Um, and, you know, the vast majority of those are new, but there's also a, um, a current of retrospective and restoration programming that happens in this. There's usually around 35 to 40 retrospective titles. Maybe we'll chuck in a movie marathon, um, something like that as well. So I expect this program to be largely contemporary, that we are discussing a couple of retrospective possibilities um, in, in the moment. But, um, yeah, it, it's more likely to be uh, nearly, if not entirely, a contemporary program. And you said some things about being online that gives it uh, more scope? Well, I mean, the first thing is that we're geoblocked to Australia. So this is a rare instance of MIF actually going national in terms of its audience. And, you know, we do regional touring, and that's a a really important part of the festival. Every year we go to eight centres regionally around Victoria. But in terms of um, that regional access that reaches beyond that, that's something that's really exciting to me um, in terms of just being able to to reach out towards audiences where we haven't been able to to before. And I know that you'll be telling the audience what the program will be July the 14th, but will the same protocols uh, uh, as in previous years, going on uh, online, doing buying your tickets, are they all the same th- sort of methodologies being used? Yeah, look, it'll be the same or very similar, really, in terms of the the audience um, experience. You'll you'll go online, you'll um, purchase via our platform. Um, there will be, it's important to see a range of um, free offering in terms of programming, um, as well as paid ticketed films as well. So there'll be a combination of both. Um, but that, that's exactly right. So what will happen is there'll be a virtual program launch on Tuesday, July the 14th. And then there'll be uh, a couple of days of our MIF members pre-sales and then it'll open up to general ticketing from them. And the, and the other thing is that uh, when people access the films... Are there, they're going to be at a particular time at a particular date? Um, well, uh, the, the intention, again, just pending sign up by the classification board is to have about 90% of our whole film program available the entirety of that date. 
And so you would buy a ticket to it and just hit the play button when you want to um, at any point between those dates. So it's, oh. it's essentially audience selected playback time. But the um, the exception to that would be our you know our, our half dozen program spotlights, and those would be the socialized. Um, films which are playing at a particular session time so you know we'd have an opening film that plays on you know our our, our first night at you know seven or eight o'clock um and that that would be that so there are those particular points of the program where we put them out there to watch together um but by and large everything's available to view right across the period i was going to say you should uh set up a sort of a hamper arrangement you know where people can buy certain products to get themselves prepared for the uh, special screenings <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, we have a, we have a few plans yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's cute um also uh are the tickets cheaper or will they be uh, around the same um, we anticipate them being slightly cheaper, but we'll be able to announce that formally a bit closer to the time. Okay, thank you very much for spending some time with me. No, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye. Before I leave you this morning, we received a release from the Sydney Film Festival telling us that SFF is putting key elements of the festival from... The uh, this year online from the 10th to the 21st of June as t- a ticketed event and packages under the title 67th Sydney Film Festival Virtual Edition. They will be presenting the Documentary Australia Foundation Award for Australian Documentary, the Dendi Awards for Australian Short Films and Europe, Voices of Women in Film. They're going to be full programs the full program launch and sales open on the 27th of May. Find films available to everyone and anyone with a bit of cash and a good internet connection. Anyway, that's the program for today. Stay safe. Don't take risks with your health if you don't need to. Catch you next week. Bye for now. Next to an opposite of you, space down to your bones. And before I knew I had shiny skin and I felt easy being clean like him, I thought this one knows better than I do. A triangle trying to squeeze through a circle. He tried to cut me so unfit. And doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that hit so close to home? Doesn't that make you shiver the way things could have gone? And doesn't that feel peculiar when everyone wants a little more? So that I do remember to never go that far. Could you leave me with a Smelled like sugar and spoke like the scene She told me, don't trust them, trust me Then she pulled in my stitches one by one Looked at my insides, clicking her tongue And said, this will all have to come undone A triangle trying to squeeze through a circle She tried to blind me so I'd fit Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that hit so close to her? 
Although my old self was hard to find You can bathe me in your finest wine But I'll never give you mine Cause I'm a little bit tired of fearing That I'll be the bad fruit nobody buys Tell me, did you think we'd all dream the same? And doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that hit too close to home? Doesn't that make you shiver The way things could have gone? And doesn't it feel peculiar when everyone wants a little more so that I do remember to never go that far? Could you leave me with a This is Stephen Pigram from up Broomway, Yarrow Country, and it's great to be down in Melbourne, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Been here for a long time. Shine, you know how I feel 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.